Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Fourth and final hour underway on a Wednesday. Hopefully all of you having a great start to your day. Good stuff out of Tony Bruno. If you missed that, download the Odyssey app, hit up the Rewind feature, get us on YouTube. Many ways to go back and get the show. You can also do it the old-fashioned way. Just download the podcast. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, 1210WPHT.com. All good ways to get any of the content that you may have missed. Dawn Senzlin's Big Three coming up in about 10 minutes. Our morning mystery movie clip at 920. Your chance to win a pair, of, another pair of uh, Major League Wrestling tickets. And then also, uh, this story coming out of Washington, D.C. in the Wall Street Journal that I want to touch on uh, in regards to what the government is doing to take out deer. We're going to get to that story. Uh, but I, I saw that Matt Rooney had tweeted this, and I haven't really seen this going around the news um, cycle too much. But remember, CNN, we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this was probably second week of December we talked about this. They are going to be hosting these unsanctioned uh, debates that the GOP will not recognize. And apparently they've made a few cuts. And it's very interesting because only three people have qualified for the CNN debate on January 10th, which is next Wednesday, a week from today. And the three that have qualified are Donald Trump, who will not attend, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. Interestingly enough, both Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy do not meet the threshold for CNN in this unsanctioned GOP debate, which I think is very interesting, and there's a couple of takeaways I had when I just saw this, because Rooney just put out like a two-sentence tweet about it, so I had to quick duck-duck-go it, and uh, there is an article up on CNN's website saying that Trump, Haley, and DeSantis qualify. So let's think about this for a moment. I think we all realized that Chris Christie was probably going to be one of the first of the five left standing to fall off by the wayside. Uh, It doesn't resonate with anybody. He tried to be the guy that carved out a lane going after Trump. It hasn't worked. But interestingly enough, Vivek Ramaswamy does not make the cut. And I, I, I might sound like stalker here when I say this, but this is where social media and real life are completely different. Yep. Vivek Ramaswamy is a rock star social media sensation, Mm -hmm. and he resonates with a lot of people. But if you've looked at the polling numbers, for the most part, Vivek's, I don't want to call it an act, because I think genuinely he believes most of what he says. But I have said this for a while, where the presentation at times is almost a little too good to be true. Almost a little, like, and that's not to say he doesn't have a bright future. He does. I think... I. He could very well be something down the road. He's 39 years old. He's the same age as me, for God's sakes. Um, he's, isn't he two years younger than you, actually? That's right. He's 38. Yes, and I just turned 40. And today so. is your birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Don't you do it. Don. Hold on. Don Lemon. Don, you better keep your mouth closed. <laughs> he but told the, us at 6 a.m. No singing. Yes, no singing. Sounds only awesome. You can only say happy birthday. <laughs> but, like, Vivek doesn't make the cut. Now, does it matter? I mean, he wasn't going to win the nomination anyway. This is an unsanctioned CNN telecast anyway. Uh, but I, I'm a little surprised that Vivek is going to be sitting this one out. And I, I think this is interesting because I do think we are going to get to the point where it will be the two that have been polling in the 16 to 19% area in DeSantis and Haley. But now you kind of, if you're thinking about it from a theatrical standpoint, 
you lose the, the straw that kind of stirs the drink. This will be very, very bland, which is actually on brand for CNN, if you think about it. Well, I don't... Yes, it'll be bland. Because there's no combative... Like, Vivek brought the combativeness. But here's the thing, is that if you're look, if you're just looking for policy, these two are the best to go head-to-head. I Well, nobody's I mean, better on policy than DeSantis. I mean, Trump would be great on it, too, yeah. but he's not going to go. So... It, it, if you just want substance, then then having these two debate without Vivek throwing, you know, his nonsense in there and Chris Christie throwing his nonsense in there, then then this is the debate that people should want to see. I I would think. I don't think. First of all, I don't think Vivek necessarily the content of what he's throwing in there is often detailed and extremely important. Yep. But to your point, Greg, of of nonsense, sometimes. The tone of his rhetoric, which is what Nick was saying, it's his tone, and it's it's sometimes his effort to be Trump-like. And, and mm-hmm. by the way, when I say nonsense, I enjoy all that stuff, because <laughs> I like the spectacle of it. I like the sound bites. I like the quick, you know, uh, jabs. So, like... It's great for us. For me, I enjoy when these guys are in it, because it makes it more entertaining. But if you're just looking for substance and policy, then this is this is the debate for you, I, th- I would think. It also allows them to go head-to-head. Yeah, exactly. You can see those moments when they're they're battling, and I think it's not just about their actual policy, mm-hmm. but also, does this person come off as a leader, a commander-in-chief? Mm-hmm. And we talked about that before with, with Nikki Haley. There were some moments where she kind of pulled back and allowed, remember, Chris Christie to pretend like he was, I don't know, being her gentleman defender, and it, it looked weak. It, it was did. a weak look. Nikki's the most impacted by this because she yeah. loses the antagonist of Vivek, but she also loses the uh, come-to-my-rescue Chris Christie-type element, Yep. right? So she's she's affected on both ends. But I got to tell you, and I know, Greg, you said if you're looking for policy, this is your cup of tea, and that's, that's absolutely accurate. But we've seen the plummeted ratings. I mean, it's gone down oh, every yeah. single time. So now you lose two other people, and you put it on CNN, and maybe you have the two most boring, uh, again, policy, yes, but boring, probably accurate as well. This could be an epic snooze. And didn't I, didn't I read something? This might be fake news, so forgive me if it is, because I've, you know, I've been delirious with the flu and a fever. Um, did I see that Trump is going to do a town hall on Fox News to counter-program on, this? On January 10th at Drake University, which is in Des Moines, Iowa. So he's doing this the same day. Now, I think that is, is that a, no, it's not Sean Hannity. It's um, uh, Martha McCallum and I think Brett Baer are doing that one. One week from today. Right. So it's going to be the same day. Presumably, I'm looking at the DeSantis debate, which will take place at nine o'clock. I think Trump's is at eight o'clock on Fox. Brilliant. I'd be I'd be willing to bet. Brilliant. Fox blows that out of the water. Yes, of course they like do. at least three to one, four to one. Yeah, yeah. It's by the way, guys. It's not even going to be close. Like it's not even going to be close. I, it's just if, if if this is. I mean, I don't know if it's. I guess it's brilliant, but to me, it's it's kind of common sense when you're up forty, fifty, sixty points, and everybody from two through five is trying to fight for scraps, and you want to keep your name relevant. You just counter-program it any way you want. What Trump would should really do, and this is a callback to the 
earlier portion of the program is he should host an event at Madison Square Garden on the same night that these two are debating. That's actually a really good idea. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. just awesome. completely, completely throw it in their faces. Yes. But it has to be televised. That's the thing. And, and I don't know if his initial rally was intended to be televised or if they just have, you know, cameras there. But if I'm doing an actual town hall that is yeah. confirmed televised, dude, I'm doing... Now, but here's the thing. He wants to play to Iowa. So, I mean, you have to do your counter-programming in Iowa. He's up like 50 points in Iowa. Yeah. Like, where, like, where, like, what are we doing? Yeah. But I think ultimately, I I would be interesting... I would be interested to watch these two, Haley v. DeSantis. Yeah. Because From I do, a political wonky mm-hmm. point of view. I'm sorry, Don, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but I, I think I would probably watch the Trump thing live and watch the other thing early in the morning before we, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it has to do with polling and it has to do with fundraising. Yeah. Because TikTok, we have the primaries caucuses coming up. Nikki Haley, she cannot lose South Carolina in her own state. Mm-hmm. And She's so, going to. She's 100% But I mean, that's why to. I think she, does she drop out bef- right before Well, that's, her, that's why endorse. they all have to know it's over. She's going to lose South Carolina to Trump. DeSantis is losing Florida to, to Trump. If you can't win your own state, what the hell are you doing? What they need to do is all the establishment, uh, all the establishment Republicans. I said this right before we left for break. All what all the Republican establishment types need to do is is duke it out and decide who's going to go yes. up against Trump and just have a one on one matchup, whether that's DeSantis or whether that's Haley, whoever. Just j- just have that one person up against Trump and just see who the GOP voters prefer mm-hmm. when you have all these choices and the, you know like this this person a three percent this person a 14 percent it's just like it's diluting everybody yeah, else so is. either you know whoever wins this debate in my opinion should they should really you know say all right this person should be mm-hmm. the person to take on trump yeah. whoever that is i agree all right, nine fifteen on this Wednesday morning. Our morning mystery movie clip coming up in about five minutes. Right now, we get to Dawn Stenzel's Big Three at nine. It's the Big Three and Nine on Kale and Company. Number one, the cold. Montgomery County suburb just outside Philadelphia extending its code blue cold weather warning until January the eighth. For what? Through the I know. Hello, Monco, which went which went blue, you know, because they're blue. I don't know, maybe they like blue, but mm-hmm. Monco County uh, commissioners, on the advice of the Montgomery County Office of Public Health, they've they've extended the existing code blue cold weather emergency for Monco because you know it's January and they're saying it's very cold. Didn't you say it was going to forty seven today? Yeah. What's so? I mean, I hate the cold, but what's so cold about forty seven? No, we're in the mid forties. It was. I mean, it was twenty nine degrees when I started my truck yes. this morning. That For, sucks. Forty seven for this time of year is is, is bombing. Is, yeah, yeah. Is downright Come pleasant. On. I'll take it. That's a victory. Uh, yeah, I think ultimately what they're trying to do is unlock some extra dollars for the homeless because they do have homeless a, a homeless problem mm-hmm. in especially the Norristown area. Oh, yeah. So I think that's actually what this is all about when they declare this. Mm-hmm. It frees up some money, but the my, you know my point is it is January and could you please just plan for, you know, cold, cold. weather yeah. in January. Yeah. But instead they're going to f- they want to free up some money. Okay. So just wanted to <clears throat> point out the code blue in uh 
in January through the 8th, by the way. Okay. So five, it's through the weekend. Days. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about, we'll get to Nick Hale's uh, birthday and his his curiosity with an issue in no, just a second. No, we won't. It's my little tease. But number two, insurrection clause. There is a Pennsylvania activist using the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause trying to get U.S. Representative Scott Perry, a Republican from Pennsylvania we know well, removed from the 2024 ballots. And as I've reported, the same clause saw Donald Trump obviously barred from ballots in some other states, which is being contested. We've talked a lot about that one. Mm -hmm. But this lawsuit filed just yesterday in Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Court to remove Republican U.S. House Representative Congressman Scott Perry from the 2024 ballot due to the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause. And what exactly is is he accusing Scott Perry of doing? Well, it, accusing him of being involved with the January 6th as we come up on the third anniversary oh, of the right. insurrection, which is why Joe Biden is coming to Valley Forge By the way, what day Saturday. is... Oh, yeah. Okay, so Saturday is the 6th. Well, sa- wait, Saturday's the 7th, but I think... Are they celebrating it? No, no, Saturday's the, Saturday's, oh, the Saturday's the 6th. 6th. That's a, we yeah. observe, a short week. Yeah, we observe January 6th right. on um, this Friday. <laughs> so, okay. so, this, so, yeah. so in observance of January right. 6th. We'll observe it on the show. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll observe it on the show. Yeah, we'll take a walk down memory lane. But Biden comes Saturday to observe it God. one day later. But in any event, we'll see how far this goes, all of this being contested in the courts. But I thought I would just mention that one. This is a Harrisburg area activist and former congressional candidate, Gene Stilp. And he's calling on PA's Secretary of State, Al Schmidt, to pull Perry from the ballot ahead of the spring's 10th congressional district primary, do by you, the way. Do you think they're going to try and do this if they succeed with Perry? Or do you think they're going to try and do it with Trump in Pennsylvania? Probably. Yeah. This is the like the little test shot. Mm-hmm. This is a litmus test. Good luck with that. All right. Yep. Is you know people are are they are are individuals during this dry January tradition are they sober curious? So we know that Gen Z <laughs> is sober curious. But is Nick Kale sober three, curious? Three straight nights, no cocktail. <laughs> Woohoo. Wow, is yeah. that a record for I'm you? Not, I'm not sleeping great, I got to tell you. Tossing and turning. Oh, boy, you might have a problem. It could explain the post nasal drip. I don't know. Might have to reconsider my uh, adult decisions here. Well, might, here's the might thing. not make it to the end of January, Don. I'm just saying. It's Nick's birthday today, so I was looking for you know. Let's say you want to go to a bar mm. and you're celebrating Dry January. They were featuring featuring actually a, a Pennsylvania popular bar, popular place. It's called Vicinda, and it's actually actually the only. I think it's Philadelphia, maybe Pennsylvania's. Um, but it's the only sober bar. Oh, what do they what do they Holstead. serve? Like, what do they serve? Like non alcoholic beer, like O'Doul's? Yeah, and mocktails. Yeah, fun cocktails and cool little glasses. Now, I will say that they were started amid the pandemic, right after the pandemic, because um, the alcohol use rose sharply, as we know, especially for women mm-hmm. during the pandemic. But they also had said that they don't serve any alcohol; they just kept it going. And it's part of the Unity Recovery Organization, a Philadelphia-based group that aims to find unique approaches for those with mental health or maybe substance abuse disorders. So they're trying to expand this in positive ways. So they have fun games. Mm -hmm. They have mocktails, alcohol-free beer. Yeah. So this is a whole sober, curious movement. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, though, I've, uh, I've, I've shed about three pounds already. 
I'm, wow. feel, I'm, I'm feeling ripped. Wait, wait. In three, in three days? days? Yeah, I weighed myself. I was down from 197 to 194. It, you should check your scale. It's it's virtually impossible for you to no, do that. I weighed, I weighed myself on Saturday, and then I weighed myself Tuesday. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm dieting, too. I mean, okay. Oh, are you? Yeah. It's not like I'm just eating pizzas and skipping booze. I'm cutting out carbs, sugar, and cool. alcohol. So I missed the show yesterday, obviously. Yeah. Wait, you're, you're doing dry January? I'm, I'm trying to do dry 2024. I'm trying to go as long as I possibly can. Whoa! I, I didn't know that. We, we took bets on the show. Uh, we had the end of January. We had uh, St. Patty's Day. We mm. had Easter, and we had Cinco de Mayo as to when I will eventually reach my... Uh... Interesting. Yeah. You want to throw a couple of shekels in there for a date when you think I tap out eventually? I, I, I got to play the honor system, because you have no idea if I'm... I went most of 2020 without drinking. You So in the pandemic, you didn't did. drink? Yeah. But that's when his baby was born. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So his wife wasn't drinking. <laughs> I was trying to be... You know, trying to be nice. Good husband. A good husband. Um, what, a, what a stressful year that was for you. It, it wasn't, I, like, I don't, you know, I have a couple of drinks on the weekend, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I never, I, I never drink during the weekend. Yeah. Um, Same here. <laughs> the truth is, when you drink alcohol, that's why I don't think it's drinking that has anything to do with your sleep. The truth is that alcohol has this weird effect that your blood sugar drops drastically. Yeah. That's why for diabetics, oh, yeah. it's it's like really yeah, uh, it's sketchy, no-no. right? Yep. So Come the on. truth is usually you wake up in the middle of the night. If people think, oh, I'm going to have a couple glasses of wine or a couple cocktails mm-hmm. so that I can sleep better. It, you might go to what? Tom Walsh on the YouTube chat. Um, <laughs> where's your scale, Nick? Where's my scale? Is it on carpet it's, or it's, tile? It's, it's in my bathroom. Okay. On the floor. Did you... Um, what did you use the facility before you? No, uh, what am I, a wrestler trying to make weight for a high school competition? No, that's funny. I mean, you know, and yes, you do weigh lighter in the morning than you do at night and post bathroom. Yes, of course. I'm telling you, I, 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 I guarantee you, I can drop 10, 15 pounds by like the end of February. That's pretty cool. Is yeah. this like a is this a health thing or do you is this just you? I said no. I it? said yesterday it was everything. I said uh, health. Uh, Want to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, you know, dad was diabetic. No, I'm not diabetic, yeah. but, and I eat relatively well and work out, but I do have a family history of that. Sure. So it's, you know, it's multifactor. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go as long as I can and, uh, feel better about myself. Good. Yeah. And I'm also cutting back on Twitter. It's actually a new year's resolution if we're being honest. Yeah. Did cutting Twitter help you lose weight? And if I can drop alcohol and Twitter, I mean, wow. I deserve like a lifetime contract. The more, I, the more I think about it selfishly, but that's cute. It's just me. <laughs> no, I, I will. I mean, I could never anyway. promise you that, but I could say that it would be, it would be to your benefit. Yeah, to, yeah, I can read between to the cut lines. back on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's not good for your health either. Your, it's not good for your mental health. Exactly. Is that true? It has to be bad for you. Social media, social media is a cesspool. You, you read, you read negativity and like, who, who, who needs that? Yeah. Ugh. I agree. There's a lot of positivity too. Oh, stop! Where? <laughs> this is still Dawn's big three, by the way. Oh, that was, sorry. That was the big three. We're, so, we're sorry to hijack this. Kale and Company, big three. No, it was not your fault. We're the one that can't shut up. All right, thank you very much, Dawn. Uh, let's get to uh, yeah, nine twenty. This radio show, we can't shut up. I know. <laughs> Would you guys stop talking so much? Yeah, where is that guy? I haven't heard from him lately. Could you guys tell Nick to stop talking so much on the talk show? He just wants you to hum. Yeah, I'm just going to... I'll just read the phone book. All right, uh, 924, let's get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now... 
the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Maybe we could say it was a funny drug reaction to the flu. Who's got the story? Hey, don't you want to know if it's true? What difference does it make if it's true? It's a story and it breaks. They're going to have to run with it. Yeah, right, right, right. How long we got till it breaks? Front page, Washington Post tomorrow. Oh, well, yeah, no, that's not good. Okay. Just got to distract him. Got less than two weeks till the election. What in the world would do that? What in the world would do that? I'm working on it. Uh, I'm working on it. The Gulf War. Smart bomb falling down the chimney. 2,500 missions a day. 100 days. One video of one bomb, Mr. Moss. The American people bought that war. Mm -hmm. War is show business. Think you know what it is? Then call it 12 at 855-839-1210. And you could win this great prize. Uh, once again, another uh, pair of tickets to see a live taping of Major League Wrestling this Saturday, January 6th at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. If you are caller 12 and can correctly identify that movie clip, caller 12, 855-839-1210. If you don't win today, we have more tomorrow. And for more information and tickets, visit MLW2300.com. The winner and cut sheet part due. On the other side, as we continue, Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick, Don, and Greg, 855-839-1210. Cut sheet part due coming up here in just about five minutes as well as what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won Twitter today. But who won the Morning Mystery movie clip and our pack of wrestling tickets? Well, that is Ross in Southampton. Ross, good morning. What movie did we just play for you a few minutes ago, sir? Happy New Year, everybody. The Happy name of the movie is Wag the Dog. Yeah, buddy. Wag the Dog is correct. Congratulations. You've got a pair of tickets to see the live taping of Major League Wrestling this Saturday, January 6th in South Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena. Thanks for playing, Ross, and we certainly appreciate you listening. Absolutely. Have a great day, everybody. There he is. And Happy New Year to you as well, Ross. Uh, Wag the Dog is correct. I was going to get to the deer story, but since we had a movie called Wag the Dog, um, we, we need to get to this story quickly because everybody's, like, sick these days. Stalker's dealing with the flu. I've got something going on. Bruno's got a cold. Robin's got COVID. Did you guys hear about this? And I, I say this because... I hope Buddy Boy is okay. Um, Have you seen this mysterious dog respiratory illness that is spreading across the country? Because Pennsylvania is one of 16 states that have identified it. Uh, In all seriousness, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Nevada, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, and Pennsylvania have all identified this mysterious illness in dogs that causes fever, cough, uh, a very lethargic um, demeanor and personality that has been spreading for weeks now. Over the last year, in fact, there's been a rise in the number of dogs that are getting infected with what vets have called atypical canine infectious respiratory disease complex, CIRCDC. For short. So I don't know that they've created a vaccine for this or a booster or if Rochelle Walensky is encouraging all dogs to be vaxxed and wear a mask. But I'm just curious, Dawn, has Buddy Boy been acting a little different lately and coughing a little bit? No, but it's why I don't take him to dog. We don't take him to dog parks. Yeah, I don't blame you. 
So he just hangs out with humans. Good. And I think this is this is a warning for people who think they have to, oh, I have to socialize and socially integrate my dog and take him to the dog park. Nope. Yeah. Don't do it. Wouldn't be surprised if there was a bunch of progressives walking around in dog parks with their dogs being masked up, to be honest. <laughs> I kid. Uh, but they say the clinical signs of this include chronic tracheobronchitis, which is inflammation of the uh, trachea and the bronchi, and can last six to eight weeks or longer with dogs. Pet owners are also advised to look out for chronic pneumonia that does not respond to um, antimicrobials. In some states, the pneumonia progresses, uh, progresses rapidly, which can actually lead to the death of the dog within 24 to 36 hours. So we have this mysterious respiratory illness going around. Pennsylvania, one of the states. Very interesting. Just thought I'd pass that along for all you dog lovers out oh, there and I dog wonder owners. If, I wonder if it's related to all these weird tick-borne diseases and bug-borne things. And I, I don't have the answer. Yeah. But these things are highly contagious, so just keep your dog away from the dog park. Isn't, right. isn't there some... Uh, uh, Vaccine? No. Isn't there some tick-borne thing that makes you allergic to red meat or something? Yes. Yes. I know somebody who that happened to. Really? Are you yes. serious? She's a good friend of Stacia, my stepdaughter. You become so violently ill, right? You could die. Oh, Jeez. boy. You could die. And you have no it's, idea that you have it until you actually go through it. Yep. Oh. It's hor- It's a horrifying thing and so she's young young at a young age she got this wow and so like station's wedding i was so freaked out you know just because you don't want to you want to make sure that let's say you go to a restaurant or you're at a wedding you have to make sure that they they're very careful with nothing on your plate touched any meat product of course you could literally die wow it's a hell of a way can you imagine that i'll take take the uh, ribeye medium rare and next thing you're dead Brutal. All right, nine thirty-five. Let's get to round two. Wait, I would just say this: what you know, there is this push by the government and everybody to keep you off meat. Yeah, they want you to eat bugs. Wouldn't it be interesting? Oh God, wouldn't it be interesting? I'm just saying. Put your hat on at nine thirty-five. I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be an interesting project to look into the? Because all of a sudden this thing comes up where you get this tick-borne disease and you're allergic to meat and you could die. Like, well, don't eat that because you could die. I'm just saying. Did, didn't we play a clip about something to this effect two months ago maybe, on the show? Maybe. My, I, One of those crazy nut jobs from over uh, the WEF or something. They were talking about how this this is something that's going on and... Yeah, we want you. Yes, it's uh, yes. Yeah, we we love red meat, but it's not good for you. Yeah, so like in the long run it might be a good thing for the planet if we ate less red meat. I'm just saying. Look, I'm just putting my conspiracy hat on at 9:36 in the morning. Or is this just because you really aren't um It could be cuz I'm delirious cuz I have a fever. Okay. Not right now, but I had one. All right. Get more cowbell. <laughs> All right. Let's alpha, get... alpha gal. Thank you. Alpha gal. One. And remember. Let's look into the origins of this. All right. that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Let's let's look in to see if this was uh, created in, in a lab in Wuhan. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. We're going to do a big take on beef tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, about that. That's a meaty topic. See what no, I did there? Uh, it's, it's just stop. What's stop. on the cut sheet? I do. Uh, you discussed. Nick, that Chris Christie and Vivek did not make the stage for the the ever important CNN uh, uh, debate GOP debate, <laughs> the unsanctioned one. So it'll be uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Um, C- Chris Christie was on 
Morning Joe, his favorite place to go, uh, this morning discussing this, and he he doesn't think that a Haley DeSantis debate will be worth watching. Uh, this is Cut 17, boys, go. It's now here in the studio, Republican presidential candidate, former governor of the great state of New Jersey, Chris Christie. Governor, good to see you. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So you missed the polling threshold to be on the debate stage next week. What are your plans <laughs> for that night? Uh, well, you know, first off, I'm not all that shocked given that I haven't spent one day or one dollar in Iowa. And so uh, the fact that I didn't make the polling threshold was not something I was ever trying to do in Iowa. Um, so that's fine. You know, Nikki and Ron could debate that night. And given <clears throat> the fact that Donald Trump is not going to do a town hall on Fox News, I don't even know who's going to be watching um, Nikki and Ron in that debate. Uh, but I hope some people are, because I think um, they'll get a real sense of the fact that the two of them are living in an alternate universe. Um, they will debate each other as if the contest is between the two of them. Um, and my guess is that neither one of them will spend, you know, five minutes bringing up Donald Trump. Uh, because they're both playing for 2028 um, or a vice presidential nomination, in Nikki's case, from Donald Trump. And so, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be worth watching. You know, I don't think watching Chris Christie is worth watching, to be honest, uh, in any in, in any environment, whether he's in studio as a panelist, as a guest, or on a debate stage. I love how he just plays it off. He's like, well, I didn't really invest any resources to Iowa, so <laughs> that's fine. You guys can have just, at it. Just blowing off Iowa. Like, I, 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 didn't, I don't care about Iowa. I, I mean, imagine polling at 3% and, and having the audacity to blow off a state. Like that, that that's pretty that's pretty remarkable. That would be like me, like Greg, like our show all of a sudden uh, going to hell, and, it, and our show was putting up bad ratings. And uh, Stocker says, "Why don't you spend a little more time focusing in on this?" And I'm like, "I'm not going to dedicate my time and resources to that. Everything's just fine." What a loser! Uh, the the binder spent New Year's Day, actually the day after New Year's Day, yesterday, uh, on all the morning talk shows. Uh, touting the Biden administration's um, accomplishments, and um, the the um, the topic of migrants and what's happening at the border uh, came up, and she said that it's shameful that migrants are being sent. <laughs> Two sanctuary cities. <laughs> this is cut one, guys. Go. The, 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 the busing of migrants, the putting them on flights, it is shameful that that is occurring. And instead of, if the governor really, truly wants to deal with this issue, he should talk to uh, the senators in his state. Oh, so it's, it's on the senators. So when you have a guy like Greg, I, I mentioned this yesterday uh, when you were out, Greg, if Texas is trying to enforce a law that criminalizes illegal entry into yep. the state of Texas, to which this administration and the federal government has said, if you try to enforce that law and punish people for violating that crime, we will sue you. Yep. That's the world we're living in right now. It's like, it's like selective denialism of the issue and then, and then talking about the humanity of it. Is there spin? I'm sorry, did you play these cuts yesterday? No, not that oh, clip. No, right, cool. but just a little reference yeah. to this, the actual topic. Uh, she also says that President Biden took the border crisis very seriously on day one. Mm. This is cut five, guys, go. Incredibly important. In a couple of weeks, we're about to hit three years, three years since the president put forward an immigration comprehensive legislation, put that forward to Congress. Nothing was done on it. And the but in the meantime, I, I first, do know that the reason, I, I want to jump in here just because we have a short well, amount of time. OK. Um, I, okay. Uh, no, truly. I, I, no, I, I respect what you're no, trying I to say. You. I just want to add that the president has done something 
things in his capacity, right? He has this is CNN, um, by the way. made extra effort to expand uh, border, if not wall, um, barriers. He has made some changes in policy. Are there more things on the executive side you see as being an option in 2024? The president put forth it for a comprehensive immigration plan because he believed that the, the system is broken, <laughs> the immigration system is broken, and it's been broken for decades. Now we are having, we believe, a very productive conversation in Congress with senators on how do we move forward in a bipartisan agreement to deal with the border security. That is important. Now, what we hope is that when Congress gets back, we'll be able to act and get these things moving forward so we can deal with this issue. We've been in touch with some some of those mayors that you talked about, governors uh, in, in northern in northern part of the country, on dealing with the issue that they're dealing with on the ground, and we have provided us resources to them, Ooh. and we're going to continue to have those conversations. But again, Congress needs to act. The president took this very seriously on day one. So serious that just for the month of December alone, we had three hundred and two thousand illegal entries into the United States through the southern border. Three hundred and two thousand. In one month, a new record. It must be the holiday push. I don't know. Cut six here. She also says that the president has always put equity at the center of every policy he's put forward. Yeah. So look, the president has always, always put uh equity at the center of every policy he's put forward, every legislation that he's put forward, because we understand that many communities uh, have been left behind, have been left behind. We're not trying to do the trickle-down economics. Uh, we really, truly are not. Really trying, trying not to do trickle-down economics. I'm just wondering, who has actually benefited in the... So I guess that was based on the Biden economy there. It was the, uh, the backdrop of yeah. the question. You know, it's amazing. It seems to me that only the coastal elites have not been impacted mm. by the economy. Interesting, right? The, those living off of the uh, Pacific uh, coast or the Atlantic border, um, everybody in between seems to be dealing with uh, the pinching. Hence was the point of the, as she put it, shameful busing of these migrants to uh, sanctuary cities because they're always the cities and, it, well, it's actually the leafy suburbs uh, where they have the hate has no home here signs, but they have giant gates yeah. to keep people right. like that Stay out. Stay the hell out of there. Um, By the way, uh, yeah. when you played the clip where they were going back and forth about the border, mm. Dawn, you pointed that out yesterday, and now I actually saw it on the bottom scroll. CNN had the word crisis up for the border. Which is that they they did not use that word in any of their coverage in the past. They are now. They are now. They got the message, I guess, uh-huh. or the memo. Uh, over the weekend on the Sunday shows, uh, Democrat uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut was on with Dana Bash on State of the Union, talking about the the epidemic of loneliness. Good, right? He says that he's pushing for a four day work week. To combat the epidemic of loneliness. Not to increase productivity or mental health, but... Look, to, I'm all for a four-day work week. I, I've been for it for years. But I don't know how that... Okay. Uh, cut 10, guys, go. If you talk about loneliness, part of the policy is social media regulation, but it's also free time and leisure time, right? Giving people the space where they can go join a church or a social club. It's a, a, about um, connection... Yeah, you want a four-day work week. I want a four-day work week. I want more functional third places, right? I want more community pools, and I want more vibrant churches. 
the the thought isn't bad, right? It's more it's it's like a community, like let's get people back to community. But the problem is, is that if you do four day work weeks. People are just going to be, you know, huddled up in their homes I was just in front a, of their devices. I feel like, they, and, and not everybody, some people still value, uh, you know, camaraderie, community, uh, gatherings, social functions, you know, joining a pool, a golf course, whatever it is that you do in your leisurely activities. But you're right. We, we have become such a social isolationist mm-hmm. nation. And I think that's probably some of that's from the pandemic. So we're just going to give people more time to scroll endlessly on social media and sit on their couch and post videos of TikTok? That, is that what we want to do? That's the, that's the problem with it, is that a four-day work week, theoretically, if people don't work virtually, there should be some sort of um, uh, fellowship, camaraderie in the workplace, no? I mean, you're well, seeing people in the workplace, yeah. unless you work from home. Right. And then what? You get another day off and poof, all of a sudden you're going to go to, let's go to that community barbecue we, we never, because now we have Fridays off. Right. We're gonna, you know like, what I mean? Like, like it doesn't people, make sense. People don't want to get together for family holidays at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Do we think we're going to take advantage of a third day off of each week as far as doing more stuff together? Yeah. I mean, maybe to run your errands or do your, your to-do list or your busy stuff that you can't get through Monday through Friday, but... I don't know. I've I've always been tripped up on the how do you keep the same productivity economically from a commerce standpoint? Because you can't. You can, there's no way you could go four eight hour days. I think the trade off is okay. We'll give you the third day, but it's four ten hour days. That's the way. If I was a boss running a company, that's the way I would do it. But I will say this: that nowadays, and it depends on your job, obviously. But nowadays, you do work. Everybody is always working because of texting, social media, all of the requirements for most jobs, right? That for a lot of jobs, they want you on LinkedIn or yeah. they want you on some kind of social media. You're never unconnected. You're, ne- you're never. And, and so anybody at work is constantly texting you. And so that's really, you never get to unplug. Right. And so it is harder, if you will, to socialize. And I do think that has a mental health impact. Well, especially in this industry, it is very, and, and maybe I'm, maybe you guys do it better than I do. In fact, I, I know you guys do it better than I do. You guys disconnect better than I do. I have a hard time disconnecting from this profession, whether it's this industry or doing sports. Like even when I was doing sports on vacation in July, it's like, I'm always checking to see what's going on because you just never want to be unprepared or at least mildly uninformed on something because Everything is content these days, mm-hmm. and, and the cycle never stops. There's no, you know, I'll just catch up on it in the evening news, or I'll read the newspaper the next day. Social media has made it 24-7 and cyclical, so. Or you could just be like Dawn and never check the show sheets in your emails or respond to them. <laughs> Jeez. What? Holy crap! No, for I'm, me, it's... For- I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you are back. Well, <laughs> For me, it's forced because I had a flood in my, a devastating flood in my mm-hmm. house the week before Christmas, which I'm still dealing with. Yeah. It is Dawn's never got, my fault. Dawn's got it's responsibilities, okay? That's she's right. got boys. She's That's got a right. husband. That's she's right. got a man, a male dog. I've heard. She's just surrounded by alphas. Yeah. yeah. I've been up since three. Yeah. When, Dawn, I, when Dawn my was, Dawn says, was up I can't find my bag. Dawn was up at 3.15 cutting the grass this morning. <laughs> when it was four or seven. It's absolutely true. Unbelievable. We are really behind on breaks. All right, coming up next, we'll find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won social media today. Stay right there. 
It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company here on a Wednesday morning, The Dawn Show, just six minutes out, and we find out what she has lined up for 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, there's so much happening today, whether it's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We'll talk a little bit more about um, that, that latest lawsuit filed involving Scott Perry in Pennsylvania. And then coming up after I update, you know, all the breaking news of the day, what's happening. Christine Flowers joins us at 10.05. And Jennifer Stefano, of course, Commonwealth Foundation. I just saw her on with Dana Perino oh. um, on Fox. And Jennifer Stefano, the backstory on her, she was one of my interns back in the day in wow. uh, TV here in Philadelphia. So it's always fun to see her. I'm so proud of her. But she was uh, just on Fox talking about our mayor, Sherelle Parker, some of these new initiatives, and from a statewide perspective and a Philadelphia perspective, of okay. course. So we'll talk to Jen. All right. Very She's cool. Great. She is to you what I was once to Tony yeah. Bruno. Isn't that cool? How about that? So I just like, I looked up, I was like, there's Jen. I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of her. There you go. Very awesome. cool. Time flies, doesn't it? I know. Small world. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Dawn Show at 10 o'clock. Right now, we wrap it up with who won Twitter today? Who won Twitter? We're going to start with Twitter. Let's go postal wins Twitter. He says, guys, thanks for playing that clip about bad health being caused by racism. I was just about to start my New Year's resolution and try to get back in shape, but now that I know it's just racism's fault, keeping a white guy down, I'm just going to have cake. Yeah, there you go. You can have your cake and eat it, too. Who won? YouTube, I'm going to give it to our buddy uh, Robert Schwartz. He said, uh, I'd rather be around animals than humans. I choose my humans carefully. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with Robert. Yes. I would much rather be around animals uh, than Me too. humans as well. Dogs so. are definitely better than people. Yeah. I've been saying that for years. Good old buddy boy. All right, that'll do it for us. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. We're back tomorrow morning. And as our favorite senator would say, good night, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> as our favorite senator would say. Try it one more time. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.